Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. On an average Sunday morning, in and through what we often refer to in church as the act and attitude of worship, one is apt to be led in prayer in any given number of ways. For instance, depending on a congregation's particular tradition of faith or denominational affiliation, there will likely be some sort of bulletin containing a selection of unison and responsive prayers that are designed to lead worshipers through a celebration of word and sacrament in a way that's both spiritually meaningful and liturgically correct. Other churches tend to be a bit more freestyle, shall we say, about the matter, leaving pastors and other worship leaders to lead and direct the church in its prayerfulness. Music very often plays an important part in this. And depending on the size and shape of a particular congregation, not to mention the length of the service, prayer concerns are often shared from the pews before and during the act of prayer itself. However it's done, however, speaking in silence, confession and assurance, thanksgiving and dedication all ends up as part and parcel of the church at prayer. Oh, and, and yes, usually somewhere in the midst of things, the Lord's Prayer is a part of it. At East Church, as was true at other churches where I've been privileged to serve as a worship leader, our prayer life has been, I think, a healthy mix of the liturgical and casual always seeking to allow what we do together as God's people to embrace the inherent and spirit-led movement of the worship service, from praise and thanksgiving to nurture and dedication. In my mind, it's all about tradition, creativity, and above all, reverence to God, and I try my best to guide the congregation accordingly. I will freely confess here, however, that as a pastor, I've always had a few preferred prayers to which I regularly return. For example, the prayer I pray each Sunday just prior to preaching, and those of you at East Church will recognize these words, O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Or, occasionally, something like the invocation and offertory prayers that I'll lead in worship. But just as familiarity often breeds contempt, I've learned over the years that sometimes this kind of repetition can get you into trouble. Once, years ago, when one of my sons was still a teenager, during one such prayer, I glanced up. And yes, sometimes we do that too. And I glanced up to discover that he and his buddy were at the back of the sanctuary, not only silently mouthing the words I was speaking, but also imitating my particular vocal inflections with appropriate facial movements giggling the whole time they were doing it. It was funny, I'll admit. And trust me, I mixed things up the following Sunday, much to the surprise and consternation of those two young men. But let me just say here that it was also an enduring reminder to me of how easily the flow of our words of worship and prayer can become little more than habit. I think about this a lot when it comes to the Lord's Prayer that all-important prayer that Jesus taught his disciples and us to pray. To wit, if our repeating of those words is merely by rote or because it's what's printed in the bulletin, 
Are we truly hallowing the name of God? Are we at all claiming the supremacy of God's will or acknowledging God's gift of daily bread? And are we really asking for forgiveness of sin? If praying the prayer of our Savior is simply a matter of mechanics, can we honestly say that thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever? (laughs) I wonder. Interestingly enough, Over the years, when I've been asked by parishioners about a way to begin or renew a discipline of prayer, I've recommended something that's worked very well for me, to go someplace quiet and say the Lord's Prayer again and again and again. But in this instance, rather than engaging in an empty exercise in sheer repetition, I've found that this offers us the much-needed opportunity for us to pause after each and every phrase and prayerfully consider what's actually being said, perchance to let God's own Spirit not only deepen our understanding of the prayer itself, but also our relationship with the one who gave us the prayer to pray. To be sure, for such a true spiritual awareness to grow within us takes time, effort, and perhaps above all, patience. Indeed, for every part of this prayer that comes so easily to our lips, there are inevitably those bits and pieces that we will stubbornly resist. But that's the very nature of prayer, isn't it? That even as we give thanks and praise to God for giving us all the myriad blessings of our lives, we are forced to confront the ways that we've fallen short of God's intentions for those lives, our living, and our and our world as well. Truly, it seems to me that if we're doing it right, the very act of prayer ought to be as humbling as it is uplifting. And if all of this I'm talking about feels a bit overwhelming, well, you're right. But the good news is that when we pray in this way, We are promised that God will be present with us in every moment and beyond with hope, with peace, with joy, and with love that's abundant and eternal. And to this, what is there to say except, Amen, and thanks be to God. And that brings us to the close of this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.